Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. As long as I don't break the pulpit, Jesus help us. My, 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 my. Just thinking about the Apostle Paul writing in the book of Corinthians. He says, no man can call Christ to curse by the, the Spirit of God. You talk about a mixed up church with some issues, Brother Barkas. He was dealing with some stuff at Corinth. Then he also added, no man can call him Lord. You can't even confess him as Christ except by the Spirit. How many of you are glad you're born again? Now I'm going to help you tonight. If you're a guest, you can't serve God in your flesh. You must be born again. But I'm going to tell you by the Spirit, you can confess Him as Lord, and that'll be a reality in your life. And when we sing about it, we just have to say, Brother, Brother uh, Carson, if I can't sing it now as a confession of faith, I'm not sure I'm going to sing it on the other side. But if I can sing it now, Brother Gallion, as a confession of faith and understanding and by the Spirit, one of these days I'm going to sing it with the host of heaven and the four elders, and we're going to fall down, and we're going to say, Unto him that sits on the throne, and unto the Lamb, be glory and honor and power forever and ever. Amen. Brother, Brother Carson, Pastor Carson, thank you for this opportunity. I want you to turn to your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. My, what a great opportunity to be in church. I, I want to try my best to take off and land fast. I will confess that IBC has trained me for a 45-minute period. But Amy's right over there, so there's hope. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4. We'll start at verse 11. We'll read five verses. The apostle writes, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder. The soul and spirit. The joints and the marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, Brother Barkus, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in the time of need. I want to preach a little bit tonight on the end of preaching. Turn to somebody next to you say, the end of preaching. Now I know you're looking forward to that tonight at some point. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated.
the end of preaching. There was a great elder that preached the sermon about the end of preaching. It's been, Brother Gallion preached multiple times where people talking about what, what is the end of preaching? When will preaching be over? And the last sermon that's going to be preached one day will be preached in a service somewhere. The last call will be given. The trumpet will sound. The rapture will take place. And aren't you glad one of these days all of us are going to be caught up to be with him in the midst of the air and forever we're going to be with the Lord. And I could preach on that tonight, but I don't feel to preach on that tonight, Sister Kate. And I, I thought, okay, so you could preach something else. The end of preaching, there is a, a desire in the human condition. And, and every once in a while, somebody will say, we want to heap to ourselves teachers having itching ears that want to preach to us the things, uh, Brother Turner, that we want to hear, the things that, that, that we prefer in our flesh, but that will not help you. The, you shouldn't desire the end of preaching in that way, but that's, that's not what I'm preaching about tonight either. I, I want to talk about tonight the end of preaching in a different way. The Greek word that's, that I, I'm thinking of when I, I talk about that, Pastor Carson, is telos or teleology, the purpose, the goal, the end. What is the purpose of preaching? What is the goal? What is the thing that God has intended? And the apostle, I believe, is laying this out tonight and that the Lord will help this poor preacher to stay on track and not go down in too many rabbit trails. Pray. I want to I convince somebody tonight. I want to do something tonight. I believe in the vocation of preaching. I believe that there is an end. There is a goal. There is a purpose behind which God has called his word uh, in, and put it in the heart of an individual and a man or woman begins to stand up and declare the word of God under the unction of the Holy Ghost. I believe God has a purpose in preaching. The apostle says, let us therefore fear, lest they promise being left to us, entering into his rest, that any of us should come short of us. So I, I just want to declare tonight that there is a rest. <laughs> and what the apostle is saying is, he's saying, I, I know that you're under intensifying persecution. The, the Hebrews that he was writing to, uh, Brother Galleon, all they had to do, it's, it's the ratcheted up of persecution against the church. And thank you for that word today, Pastor, where we got to understand that just because we got a moment of peace doesn't mean the enemy has gone away. You ready? Just because you're on a victory right now doesn't mean that hell has somehow gone away. But you got to say, I know hell's going to be on its job. The question for me is, am I going to be on my post? Am I going to be on my job? Well, I come to tell somebody tonight, there is a rest. There is a place. There is a victory. There is something that you can have tonight from the Lord. And he said they could have entered into, Brother Gallion, that rest, that thing, the promised land that God had for him. But he said the problem was is they stopped short of it. And then the apostle dips back into the Old Testament and begins to tell the story to remind him of that children of Israel that's standing on the edge, on the cusp of their promise. And, and because, uh, Brother Gwaltney, they didn't mix the word, the promise, with faith. They had a problem. And because they stopped short, they did not go in. The apostle is reminding the Hebrew children and the reason that's in the Bible today is because God knows that we're in the same condition. And so I'm, I promise I'm going to get to some place positive by the end, but sometimes you got to deconstruct before you can build. So maybe if the Lord will help me, I'll reach in and I'll grab the sword of the Spirit. Maybe I'll just cut some lies of the enemy out of your night, life tonight. Maybe I'll just take and cut some of those fears. Thank you, Brother Marcus. Cut some of those fears and doubts away if the Lord will help me tonight. 
So what is, he, what is he doing? He's saying they could have entered, but the only choice in God is to always either go forward or to go back. And so he's giving them first the challenge. The challenge is the reason for fear. Now, why is there a reason for fear? Because God did not let them off because of their unbelief. The apostle is reminding the church then, and, and it's in the church for the church today in the scripture, that the perils that we're facing us is no less real than the ones that we're facing Israel. There will be obstacles which will test your faith. There will be obstacles that will test your intention, and you might as well go ahead and decide right now, I'm going to have the rest. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get there. But the second thing, it's not only a challenge, it's also a comfort. It's an encouragement that the promise is still valid. And, and I come to tell somebody tonight, I don't care if anybody else wants it in your family. You draw a little circle around yourself and says, God, if there's another level in you, I'm going to have it. I don't care if anybody else wants it. Lord, I'm going to have the rest. And God's saying, if you don't want the rest, I can find somebody who wants the rest. So not only was there was a rest, it was preached. The apostle says, for unto us was the gospel preached. The, the problem was not Moses. The problem was not that the pastor wasn't up kind of giving a direction of faith. The question is whether or not, whether you're going to mix your faith with the preaching of the word. He says, it was preached unto us as well as to them, but the word did not profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed. It was not mixed with faith. So what is he saying? There's a warning. There's a, he says the majority of them did not receive the promise. And you either side with Joshua and Caleb because they heard in faith. Don't just say Joshua and Caleb and shout. You got to understand that they were willing to take pastor, steps. They were willing to say, we're going to go forward and do whatever God has for us to do so that we can act in faith and receive what he would give us. So the only reason they did not have rest <laughs> is because of unbelief. I know, Brother Kilman, you've been gone a while. I thought you liked us. I do. I love you. I promise you I'm not trying to cut you to hurt you. I'm trying to cut you to help you tonight. You know who I am, but you ready? There's a, there was a man, my brother, Pastor Carson, he was... He was uh, on, the, on the near west side. I love using this illustration. And, and he robbed a woman a while back in the city uh, of Indianapolis. He stabbed her with a knife and, and killed her because uh, of that. And he made a two-inch incision with that knife and killed her. And you go just about a few blocks uh, further towards the center of the city. And you find another man who cut an 18-inch uh, scar on a woman. An 18-inch cut on a woman. And he saved her life because it was a doctor performing open-heart surgery. So if I cut you tonight, it's not to hurt you. The intention of the cutter matters. And I promise you that if you'll let the word of God operate on you, he can put things in you you need. He can take things out of you that are stopping you from rest. So the apostle says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And the pattern is the same for all of those who fail and fall into unbelief. They do not hear, they do not heed, they do not hold to the word of God. They harden their hearts and they become bitter and harbor unbelief. And Brother Galleon, they provoke the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on that side of the equation. Turn to your neighbor and say, not good. <laughs> so what is this answer? 
to the universal human condition. Because I know you're all so perfect, you're about ready to be raptured. You're like Enoch, you're welcome with the Lord so much, he's about to translate you. But the rest of us that are human beings are sometimes tempted to doubt and have fear. And Brother Kilman, you don't know the circumstance of my home. And you don't know the temptations I'm facing. And preacher, you don't understand what I'm dealing with on my job. And I don't, I don't know the complexities of our world. And I don't even want to talk about that. I can't even think about that because there's so much issues I'm facing in my home. And I'm just going to tell you, I come by to remind somebody to get your eyes off your situation. I come to remind somebody tonight. You ready? There is an answer to the human condition. It's called faith. I, I, let, me, let me see if I can illustrate. I'll go slow. Because I just want to skip to the altar call, but i got to build that. That's preaching, Brother Carson. So there, there was a, I, I, it's like Cassandra Diaz, Brother Guy, and she was preaching in homiletics. It was fun. I love watching them preach. They're hysterical, man. And, and so every once in a while, they're like, it's just like awesome. So Cassandra Diaz gets up. She says, you know, Brother, Brother Carson, she said, I, I got saved. I got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And, and she thought, man, I've repented. I did what the preacher said. I got baptized in Jesus' name and in water because, you know, she had some confusing background. Got all that straight. She received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And she's ready to go to heaven. And she said, I thought, well, the pastor can just take the rest of the time off. Must be ready to preach general conference. Because, you know, I got everything we need. What's next? And so you're ready to write your little book, The 32 Steps of Victorious Living. It's like, <laughs> forgive me. It's like parents with, like, you know, toddlers and, you know, small children. They get up to the age of five. They're doing pretty good. And they're thinking, man, I need to write a book on parenting. It's like, there's another stage coming your way. There's something called reality going to hit you. It's called adolescence. And before you write your book, you better weather some stuff. Can I just tell somebody there are stages coming? And you may be in a different environment right now, but I'm going to tell you, if there's something else the Lord wants for me, I'm not going to stop on the sideline anywhere. If he's got more, I want it. If he wants to call me to a higher level, I want to go. I want the rest. I want to go in. I don't want to stop short of the promises of God for my family. I want what the Lord has for me. So what does God do? He gives us a living word. This is a Roman Gladys. No, it's not sharp at all. That'll help with the illustration later for, later for all of my people that are going to panic. But the Bible's clear. He says, for the word of God, the apostle says, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to deciding the under of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so it's the sword of the spirit. It divides and discerns and examines and exposes. The totality of the depth of our being is demonstrated. How many of you ever been in a church somewhere and the preacher begins to preach down your aisle? Brother Carson, I don't know how many times I've been saved. Y'all forgive me, okay? I'm just going to be myself tonight. 
But how many of you ever been sitting in a service somewhere and you know there's a, there's a thing you're wrestling with and all of a sudden that preacher come along with that sword of the Spirit, preach right down your aisle and begin to cut away some things and you say, how many got saved? And I don't know how many people got saved in here this morning when faith was preached by our pastor and all of a sudden somebody that was on the verge of giving up found strength again. You can't decide the economy of God. Let him do it by his Spirit. We don't even know what's going on, Brother Gallion. We're just up there swinging the sword that the Lord gave us. But every one of us knows what it's like when that preacher comes along and God begins to deal with things deep in our heart. What, what does that mean? The deciding of the dividing of the soul and the spirit and that word of God begins to expose. Now, I'm just going to be a little strong tonight where we begin to manipulate emotions instead of trying to be truly spiritual and when the Lord shows us that our worship is becoming more man-centered than it is God-centered. And, and that preaching begins to serve the human emotion and promotion instead of being truth-centered. And, and my teaching begins uh, to be seeking to wow people instead of cut to the heart. And the Lord gets me back on track. And the Lord saves me from destroying my ministry. And the Lord helps my little family get back where it needs to go. Why? I need the sword of the Spirit. For all of you that are new in the church, I'm going to give you a prayer that you need to pray for your pastor. You need to pray for him to preach the word of God with boldness. You need to pray that the Lord will let that, that pulpit stay unshackled and that it will speak as an oracle of God. Why? Because you need preaching. You need preaching. You got to have somebody help you get to the next level. You got to have somebody operate on you every once in a while and save you. The thoughts, the inner motives, and the intentions. Uh, where our motives begin. That's why the Apostle Paul said, Brother Galleon, told his son in the gospel, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2.15. Study. <laughs> what? I just want to speak in tongues until Jesus comes. <laughs> You're going to need more than that. You know, listen, oh, I wish I had time to preach tonight. What did Jesus use? Turn to your neighbor and say, what would Jesus do? No, 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 really. When you're fighting the devil, you're going to need a sword. I wish I could go down that road, rabbit trail. Stay on track. But Brother Galleon, Paul said to his son in the gospel, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Why? Why, do I, why? why wouldn't I want to be ashamed? Because you got to know how to handle that thing. And that, that Greek word, rightly divide, means to cut a straight row. Why? Why, Paul? Timothy, why should you do that? Because God has a purpose in preaching. He says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we, he has to do. That means God knows all. He knows every thought. He knows every emotion. He knows every weakness. Now, I don't have to go very far. Here, do me a favor tonight. Don't get a shovel out. Get the rake in tonight. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. Don't think about everybody else. Say, God, take that poor preacher up there tonight. Probably wishing I could hear my pastor preach tonight, but they let Brother Kilman because he's been gone so long. God, help, help me to keep my eyes open in the spirit so I can see what you're saying to me, so I can hear what you're saying to me. See, you got you to understand, you need preaching. I need preaching. Every one of us needs preaching. 
Because God already knows all of our issues. And our tendency is to hide our issues. Like Adam and Eve in the garden, they hid from God and they forsook rest and became restless. See, I'm not trying to hurt you tonight. I'm trying to get you to peace. I'm not trying to hurt you tonight. I'm trying to get you to cast aside doubt. I'm not, okay, I'll prove it to you. What's the problem? What's the problem with hiding your sin? It's very simple. What you need is a man of God. I'm going to say it again. A pastor that'll stand up, a preacher that'll stand up and come right down your aisle with the sword of the Spirit and lay that right on the issue. Why? Because he that covereth his sins, Proverbs 28, 13 says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Why? But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Joel, where you at, buddy? It's tough being a preacher's kid. Come on up here. You're my illustration. Run, man of God. See, there was a thing that Pastor Carson, that one of my favorite imageries in the Bible is right here in this text. What would happen in, the, in, in Roman times is, is when, you're, when, when an accused person that was guilty would come before the judge. Now, all you sister, sweet sisters, this is not sharp at all. I'm not going to hurt my boy. <laughs> I'll prove to you. There's nothing there. It's not sharp at all. Hallelujah. <laughs> that lady over there would get me in trouble. <laughs> but when, when somebody guilty would come before a judge, this is what a Roman, a Roman soldier would do. Once the, the verdict was about to be passed on their guilt, Brother Galleon, a soldier had to take a, a sword. If they wouldn't look up and they would, they would take that accused person, force their eyes up to look into the eyes of the judge. And I know what it's like and you know what it's like to come into a service and say, God, I should have served you better. We limp into a service. And we think, Lord, I, I, I'm old enough. I've been serving you, Lord, for how many years? I should have more faith by now, God. We're wrestling with doubt and wrestling with fear. We're wrestling with things that we've, we, we, we've misstepped, things that we've done, things that we've said, whatever it is. You ready? And we come into the house of God and we can barely lift our eyes up to even praise. And the Bible says that the accuser of the brother Satan, the Hebrew word means accuser. He comes and he begins to accuse us. And here's the problem. Here's the problem with sin. The reason it cuts so quick to the cart is because our heart agrees with what the condemner is saying. I am guilty. Can I just tell you there's no innocent people in this room tonight. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you said. I'm just going to try my best to get you to lift your eyes and see a God who wants to forgive you tonight. Because when he begins to look up, walk this way, buddy. The Bible says, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not, Brother Barkus. I told Amy, he better not preach my sermon tonight. But that's the witness of the Spirit tonight. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let me tell you what preaching is for. The preaching of the word is not punishment. It's not condemnation. It's invitation. 
(laughs) It's not shame. It's salvation. It's not meant to hurt you. It's meant to help you. Why? Because if I can ever take the word of God and get you to lift your eyes up, what does the Bible say? That we can come boldly. Let us therefore come boldly, not to the throne of judgment, but to the throne of grace. <laughs> see, some of you are worried about, see, here's the problem. You know you're guilty. And some of you are thinking, I, if Jesus, I just don't even know if I can praise you. And this is what the Lord is saying. Come, come. You're saying, Jesus, like my great friend, Pastor Nate Royer in Sacramento says, Jesus, I'm dirty. I need to run away. And Jesus is saying, you're dirty. Come to me. He's not ashamed of you tonight. Thank you, buddy. See, that's what preaching is for. It's to help us get to the place where we can reach out by faith. I'll prove it to you. It's like in Luke chapter 6 when Jesus, Brother Galilee, he goes into the synagogue at Capernaum and there's a man with a withered hand and, and I can just see the conversation at lunch after church. You'll never guess what the preacher did today. He called that guy out right in the middle in front of God and everybody. You know, Jesus. He puts in front of himself and everybody, Brother Christ. And didn't, didn't Jesus know he had a withered hand? Yeah, everything is naked and open before the eyes with whom we have to do. He knows. And he says to the man in the middle of church, stretch forth your hand. Can I ask you something tonight? When Jesus is in a service like this waiting to work, which hand are you going to extend in front of everybody? You're going you're gonna to posture strength. I know. I, I just I felt it when I was praying again this afternoon. Some of you are saying, Brother Kevin, I've just served God my whole life. and I'm, I, I should have more strength than that. Hey, listen, you've been serving God your whole life. You ought to know that you, this is the place of strength. So you, you know what you need to do? You need to keep modeling to young people what people of faith do. I couldn't save myself. I can't keep myself. All of my strength comes from the Lord. So let me show you what to do when you're weak. You come to the throne of grace. Instead of pretending to be strong tonight, I want to challenge you. You need to reach for strength. And if God knows us this well, then we can understand that we can come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace, Brother Galleon, in the time we don't think we can even come. In the time of need. I'm moving to a close. If you want to come help me play some music, it'll calm me down and I'll try to stop. See, here's what I'm trying to say tonight in my poor way. The gift of the Word of God. The gift of the preacher. Is that, Pastor Carson, it forces my eyes up to see when I'm weak and when I'm needy. Can I go further tonight? When I'm guilty and when I'm doubting. And if I can get your eyes off your sin tonight and off your condemnation and off your fear and off your doubt and you can see the truth and confess that truth, my weakness, you're made strong, Lord. Then things can happen, Uncle Bill, in the Spirit. 
You can receive what you can't get any other way. I'm going to close tonight. I'm going to tell a story. I have permission. Brother Gallion, I, I forgive me. We're like talking. It's just I hadn't seen you in a while, bro. We got to go have lunch or something. My boss now. Better quit calling him bro. Brother Gallion, there's a young man at IBC. He's a great young man. And uh, he, when he was young, he fell into a trap, a trap that a lot of young people are falling into in this generation. Uh, by the way, uh, this, is not a chast- this is not chastening at all. I'm, that's pastoral. This is meant to make you aware and alarm you so that if you haven't been, you need to know uh, that it's dangerous. Only 3%, uh, Brother Carson, of parents are trying to watch everything that their children are doing online. Only 3%. And so this young man had fallen into a trap. He's a good young man, brother guy, and raised in a great home. And uh, he uh, fell into a trap. And, and, and with, with prayer, and, and his youth pastor helped him, and his mom and dad got some t- uh, things on his technology and, and, and got his life cleaned up. And he and begins to live a life pattern of victory. And, and he answers a call to God to come to Indiana Bible College and God begins to use him. He's got peer influence. He's a leader amongst his peers in many ways. And, and there's, a, man, we got so many great students over there, Brother Guy in Calvary. Thank you so much for what you do. I wish you could see what you're doing for the kingdom. And there, there's this young man, uh, uh, Brother Carson, and, and he's at home. And his youth leader's up, or one of his youth leaders is up to, uh, preaching. And, and he says, I know this isn't for some of you. Because he's preaching about coming back to the Lord and reconsecrating and and he's saying, I, I know this isn't for some of you. And if it's not for you, you need to start praying for someone else. And that's a beautiful understanding to teach young people how to operate in what we really believe is apostolic ministry. So this young man is sitting there by the galleon, and he knows he's got a friend that's next to him. He knows I got to pray for him. He's not in a good place for God. And he's wrestling with the enemy trying to stop. I want to speak to somebody tonight. He's wrestling with fulfilling the will of God because of shame of what he did in his past. He said, I I was filled by the God. He said, I was filled with guilt and self-loathing. He said, and and there he is. He begins to ask God, but God, I I can't do this. Forgive me of my sins and forgive me for what I did, Jesus. How many have ever been there? Lord, forgive me. I should have served you better. I wish I hadn't done that. That young man begins to, Lord begins to pressure him, pray for him, pray for him. He said, yes, but God, why would you even use me? And Brother Gallion, he said, the Lord spoke to me in my father's voice and said, because you're my son. Come to help somebody tonight. You need to see the throne of grace. But it's not over. There he is in a, in a chapel service, Brother Gallion, and the Lord is moving, and the Lord's telling him, pray for people, reach. And, and he's back there in the back of the chapel at Indiana Bible College, repenting again for the thing that God has already forgiven him for. And he said it was like the Lord just hands in the chest, pushed him and said, when are you going to quit hating my son? That's what I come to confront tonight. When are you going to quit hating God's daughter? That guilt is from the enemy. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's a lie from the enemy. You need to accept forgiveness from God tonight.
And your biggest obstacle is not the devil because you have a God that's willing to forgive and help right now. Stand with me. Here's my challenge tonight. Close your eyes with me. Saints begin to pray. Here's what I want you to do. Look at your biggest issue tonight. Look at your biggest issue tonight, that thing that you've been facing. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask. If there is a throne of grace, if there is a God who died and loves you that much, then you need to come and you need to ask and you need to receive. That's it. I'm done tonight. Mm. If you come pray, I'll quit talking. But here's what I want to do. If you have a need tonight, listen, I'm going to say it again. Don't posture strength. Forget all that. We're all weak. If you're facing issues in your family that are bigger than you, you can't, you can't change free will. I get that. But what you can do is say, God, I need strength. What you can do is say, Lord, I've blown it big time. And I need forgiveness. I'm not even sure if you want to, God. But if you do, then I'm right here, Jesus. And I'm asking for your help and your forgiveness and your cleansing tonight. Come on, that's it all over this place. See, see, see. See, see, see in the Spirit. Got to lift your eyes by the Word of God. You got to believe what the Bible says. Not what your heart says. Not what the enemy says. I got to go further. Not even what, what some people say. You have to believe the Word of God. Let it lift your eyes right now.